Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... Yeah. The charcoal mask. Great, because why would I put that on my face when I could drop it in my sink? This is what I get for multitasking. Ugh, why is charcoal so sticky? Uh-oh. Hello? Hey, Janice. I am so sorry. I thought I was on mute. <laughs> no, we don't need to reschedule. I'll just stay off camera. Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. Mi gente, it is Spanish aquí presents. We got Ryzen. We got Tony. Mm-hmm. We got Oscar. Mm-hmm. And Carlos isn't here. Tony, where is Carlos? He is shooting the reboot of Get This, the Mary Tyler Moore show. Wow. Oh, the entire show. They're not, not changing the title. Um, I love that. It, yeah. Did he book Mary Tyler Mary. Moore? Yeah, he's playing Mary. Unbelievable. Um, I'm playing Rhoda. But he's not Congrats. doing any, he's not doing any drag or any of that. It's just got to be as Mary. Yeah, yeah. Mary. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. People just call, people just call him Mary. Yep, yeah. yep, yep, yep. He's just wearing his same, you know, outfits that he's been wearing. Uh, the universe Y'all, that these spinoffs take place in. Mm-hmm. Uh, seriously. Y'all, how is everyone feeling this week? Ah. <sighs> Um, ooh, ooh. Okay, that silence was deafening. I'm like, I'm like tired and it's barely Thursday. Like, I don't know about you guys, but I feel like um I feel like we did touch this on another beat recently when we recorded. Like everything's opening up, and so like so mm-hmm. many people like want to do things and then like like okay, my party's this weekend. Oh, my party's three weeks oh, from now. Like, yeah. and I'm just kind of like going, you're like, now I'm back at that, like, oh, I don't really have like rice a time. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's a little. How's that transition been for you? For me, yeah. Um, I'm just trying to be. I'm just like make like if I'm gonna make time for someone, like it either has to be one business related, honestly, yeah. or two, like if it's a friend thing. I'm like somebody that like I think deserves my energy, like, mm, honestly, because good. as like aggressive as that sounds, I just think that. Like, there's so many people I gave energy to before, and it's nice to know that I don't have to. And I have the pandemic, weirdly, yeah. to, like, have as, like, my, like, scapegoat with it mm-hmm. or whatever. But definitely excited to just, obviously, everything is happening. I'm excited for those hangs and those dinners yeah, and yeah. parties. Pero coño estoy. I'm tired. I, I mean, I feel <laughs> that, too, because it is, like, this weird... It's a, you know, despite the catastrophe that was the pandemic, the I think the silver lining here is... Especially for people like us, because we were like always hustling, always non- on go non-stop. mode. Non-stop. I think the right. I think the one thing that came out of it is like treasuring your private time and like having some of that energy for yourself. And I think once things are opening back up, you start realizing and then mm-hmm. parsing out what kind of energy you want to give away, like how much you want to give away. And you know, everyone, it's like this weird like. You're opening a bottle of champagne like everybody wants your energy yes. right away immediately. Yes. And that's I mean, you got to take care of that's some self-preservation uh, strategy that needs to happen yeah. uh, about like, yeah. OK, who's who am I willing to spend time with? Like Rise is mm-hmm. saying, who am I going to parse out this energy to? What are my you have to reevaluate your um, uh, what do you call that? Your priorities. Uh, yes. Yeah. Thank you, Tony. Yeah. Your priorities. Well, it's mm-hmm. like it's like. Like, okay, so I've been doing, I'm like, I know you guys know this, because whatever, you follow me on AP or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but I've been doing two, I've been doing two a days. Yeah. So I've been working out doing Pilates in the morning. And then I go to my, my, so I go to, I'm going to actually, I'll just, let me say where I'm going. Might as well promote them. Yeah. I'm going to motivate in Silver Lake. Um, And my favorite uh Pilates teacher is Jasmine. And she's the best. So if you ever sign up for a class, find Jasmine and sign up for her. She's my fave. Um, and then I go, go like... Raisa sent me. Yes. Mm-hmm. Dile que Raisa te mando. Okay. Uh, <laughs> she for sure knows me because I'm the worst one in class every time. But it's fine. I, I can't do a lot of the stuff because of my injuries. So, like, right. that's I'm I'm gaining strength there. And then, like, then I go to my, uh, my, my other gym at, like, six or seven. Depends, like, whatever the day is for my second workout of the day. And that's, like, another hour. And at Rise Fitness with Ryan and Adam and Suki. Um, but, yeah, I'm like, it's... It's like that's like my like release, mm-hmm. uh, like even today. So like before we recorded, also shout out to this 
company as well. It's a uh, Latino-owned um, company I founded through our all of our mutual friend, Annie Gonzalez. Um, they do, like, mm. different types of, like, body sculpting and other things like that. And so um, his name's what Albert. What is body sculpting? Okay, so pretty much, well, really quick. His name is Albert, and his IG is Curved by Kisses. Um, I'm going to be doing a whole, like, treatment with him. I think it's, like, seven weeks or eight weeks. I forget um, where the thing is. But body sculpting and body contouring is, like, it's not anything like surgery or anything like that. It's really good for like people like for me, like why I wanted to do is like I'm working out, I'm eating really healthy and I'm at the point where like I'm like seeing my body get to where I want it to be. Mm-hmm. But the sculpting, it's like they use like lights and like they rub stuff on you. It's it kind of oh. felt like an ultrasound oh. and like, but it's like, like it's like freezing the fat cells. And yeah, and it's like, honestly, like for real, I've always been like, I was telling him, I was like, I'm like, I've always been like really scared of this stuff because like, I don't know, like I'm not a person that's against people doing surgery, but I'm against myself doing it because I'm so nervous. Like I like, Mm -hmm. I don't know, I went to high school with Colombianas. I would leave on spring break and come back with like, they're like, and and then it comes so skinny. And like, mind you, I was like. They're like, how was your vacation? I was like, I don't know. It was a week of basketball here and basketball there. (laughs) And fucking eating arroz con frijoles and macaroni. I don't know. My body sculpting was exercising. Exactly. (laughs) But anyway, so yeah. So like, um, I'm really excited. I'll definitely be talking about uh, my body sculpting journey because I've never done it. And a lot of people have always like, they always respond like to like my like fitness stuff and health stuff that I Mm. post. A lot of the podcast fans. So yeah. Wait, so... Body sculpting is uh-huh. a process in which they, I mean, I guess it's its in the title. They freeze your fat to sculpt your body shape and how you want it to look. Kind, yeah, well, I mean, yeah, not, not doesn't just happen in, in a day. So, like, it's just kind of, like, helps you, like, tighten. It's, like, it's just, like, an invasive, like, way to tighten your body. When do you mean like, non-invasive? I'm sorry. Yes. Sorry. Sorry. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Non-invasive. Going up. Um, but, yeah, I'm, like, it was an hour long and it was, I'm, like. It didn't hurt, although I think the next time we're going to do this wood thing, that might hurt. But What? Wood sounds painful. I have never heard of this. Mm-hmm. this is I'll send you guys. I'll send wild. it to you guys on, on IG to our SAP thread. Just okay. I'm like, And it's really cool, like the pictures. And again, it's not like, and they also do butt lifts, which is really cool. Because like one of my friends was asking me how she can have my butt. And I was like, be born Cuban, baby. <laughs> um, but her beauty say I Go back in time when you choose the womb that your, your soul is <laughs> entering. Yeah. And then... <laughs> Yeah, the, la, the one, Latina, the Latina uh, food <laughs> growing up. Um, pues, but yeah, I'm like they 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 do like butt lifts and stuff like that. Because my friend was asking me, I was like, oh my god, I'm gonna ask him. He was explaining it to me, and I'm like, it's so wild. Like all these things where it's like it's not surgery because again, sure, go and do surgery if you want it. But like, like it, that, and that would be like a liposuction routine. Yeah, but or, I mean, imagine yeah. like that's all like that starts at like ten thousand dollars and shit like that. Ooh. Like which is again. Mira, if you have the money, you could do it. Dale. But like, <laughs> this is a way like more easy, less painful and like recovery. Like I'm here, like he just left like 30 minutes ago and I like, I just made my lunch really quick and here I am doing the podcast and I'm gonna go work out and I'm fine. But yeah, I don't know. I definitely wanted to give him a, give him a plug because I was nervous and he was so good. <laughs> wow. I, I'm wow. That's, that is blowing my mind. I had no idea about this body sculpting thing that happened. Yeah. I didn't know. Technology got the far that far where you can like non-invasively like sort of yeah mold your body into a specific shape. That's very interesting. Yeah. Well, because the thing is like, okay, I mean, you guys saw me in a bathing suit like literally like two weeks ago. It's not like I'm not like, oh, my God, like whatever. Like I'm it's not like I'm like not wearing bikinis. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But like I'm fine doing that. And, but like I also want to like it's just like I'm toning so much like I just want it to like. Just mm-hmm. like all at the same time. And it's just like a little faster way of doing it. I see. So why not? I thought <laughs> you looked great, BT Dubs. Oh my God, thank you. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Wow. <laughs> I, I'm just, I, I'm blown away by it because it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's just so interesting of, of like how we perceive our bodies and like what our bodies are doing, mm-hmm. how, how our bodies are growing in ways that we don't expect it to, you know? Um, well, it's like, imagine like, see, here's the thing. I think about it too. Like, I just really want to be like a very fit person always because like, I want to be someone that has a baby and still works out and, and like after my, after the baby, Mm. then I can like, you know, like I can, uh, like I know, like now I'll know what works for my body. You get what I'm saying? 
Mm-hmm. Because I feel like why did you wink of- at us just now? Oh, because I was uh, realizing as I was saying, I was giving a good transition, baby. <laughs> yeah, baby. So um, yeah. What's up? What's the pika for today? Somebody- I don't know. What could it be? What could it be? Uh, you, well, why don't you transition us into it? Okay, Mira. So, uh, producer Anita sent us uh, some information on, which is like, I had like read recently, like a couple articles, and I saw this one, um, that apparently Americans are having fewer children. And so, I guess my Pika question about this is like, why do we think that is? And like... I know we've talked about having kids on the podcast multiple times or like I like always like I'll like talk about my future children and their names and then you guys will make fun of me for 20 minutes. Uh, <laughs> the names are weird. <laughs> um, I mean, look, to be fair, I'm weird. <laughs> like I ain't, I ain't no Karen. I ain't no. Uh, um, I don't know. It's like a basic. I don't even know what a basic name is, because for me, I would always Bob. be like Maria because Maria. There was a bunch of Marias mm, in Miami Maria. or like Carolinas. There was always those two names everywhere. Um, but anyways. Yeah. So, Pika, why do you think Americans are having less kids? How do you feel about Wait, knowing I, this? Oh, yeah, okay. all of you guys, all of us. We'll tell you. Yeah. Why do we think Americans are having less kids? Well, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know. Question. I have no idea. I, I have some assumptions. But okay. Does anybody I else mean, have? Like, pandemic, stress. Fair. Uh, maybe people having children later in life. Mm-hmm. Um, more access to uh, birth control. People can, what, what's it called? <laughs> they, can, they can choose to have children later in life than, mm-hmm. let's say, previous generations would. Yeah. Um, and uh, I don't know. Yeah, I didn't I mean, read the article. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's like, I just, I don't know, like for me, I feel like it could be a lot of things, like a lot of, like, I just think like, okay, so I read this article that's not this one, another one, I forget where it was, and it was like blaming women that are career oriented, that it's their fault for not having babies, because then they hit an age and then they cannot conceive. And that article was so trash. And I was like, Fuck off with that because, like, I literally know 40 and, like, I've seen 50-year-old women post that they're pregnant and have a healthy fucking baby and they're fine. And I think that has changed, like, because nowadays if you're 35 years old, you're considered geriatric pregnancy. And I'm like, isn't that wild? Cool. Like, so, well. I know life expectancy was not what it is today, but we need to change that word. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I'm like, I don't know. I mean, I just think that's not, like people's end goal anymore like i feel like so many people when they were small used to like like what do you want to do when you grow up i want to have a baby and a family and a house and a house you know what i mean Mm -hmm. we're like you fucking like assies like little girls or like whoever like because you know again everybody could fucking have babies now because there's so many different ways of like you know having a surrogate or whatever adopting but it's kind of like you hear these little kids and they're like i want to be and they're like i'm like it's either i want to be a youtube star influencer or like they have like they're not even thinking about kids but i feel like when i was little little girls used to like be like and i'm gonna have three babies and blah 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 but again i don't know what you guys i want i don't know but i want to hear oscar because i don't know what yeah it's so interesting you were saying that article is like the problem with and that really like irked me so it just like rubbed me so wrong because it's like Baby, don't we have an overpopulation problem? Like, uh-huh. the problem isn't that people are having less children. I, honestly, like, this, this because, like, oh, j- j- honestly, I'm, ha- yeah, people should be having less children. Call me, you know, problematic, I guess. But, like, we can't be having, like, listen, there are limited resources on this planet. Mm-hmm. Overpopulation is a thing we've been dealing with for longer than our lifetime. You know and what I mean? And it's so like, expensive. Like, Kids are even expensive. Sure, no, yes, it's expensive. Yes, of course, it's inconvenient. But overall, like the overpopulation problem is causing our resources to deplete completely. Mm-hmm. The, the the earth is like we are we are we are the major inconvenience to the well being on this planet. Wow, and to demand like oh the problem that we don't have more children feels so. I've always had this. <laughs> Well, I've always had this like dumb. It's not dumb. First of all, it's not dumb. Oscar, mm. your thoughts are not dumb. They're, They're not valid. Dumb. 
They're not but dumb, is, but we'll be the judge. What is but it? But they're so <laughs> Thank you, yes, I'm kidding you. That's why I'm bringing them to, to Yeah, the so we can... But, you know, there is something weirdly in my mind, because, you know, sup- spoiler, I don't want children ever. I don't... <gasps> the idea of children is so, like, <laughs> what? Laughable at this point. Um, and there, there always seems to be... And I think maybe it's because of the way that I was raised and my perception on, like, children seems so like narcissistic in a way like of like lengthening the bloodline we want mm. our name oh. to stay the yeah. legacy of the blah blah household yeah. is like y'all think y'all so important that your last name like your last name needs to outlive the earth like that's yeah. such a male I don't thing think though, so. but I don't that, think... that's what i'm saying like yeah it's from, from the way that i was raised you know what i mean being the only boy and my dad fucking throwing a fit because I was effeminate and being mm. like, oh, the last name is going to die. It's like, baby, it's been dead. And honestly, what a karmic retribution for, <laughs> for the call last name to live baby? and die. Yes, I did. I condescended. <laughs> baby, it's since dead. I he said, baby, it's done. he said, it's honey, done. he said, sweetie. Honey, girl, baby, honey, bunny. He said, darling, mamacita. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All that and the above. Yes. Uh, yeah. So to me, it just it's laughable. I laugh at that. It's so silly to me. I do. I do agree with Oscar. Um, not everyone needs to procreate. Some of us are given that parenting instinct. They want to raise a child. And I applaud that because we need, we need people <laughs> to raise children and if, like adoption. <laughs> there's so many people that need adoption. Foster we need homes. people to raise children. Yes. <laughs> if they're, if they're children that need parents, there are laws being passed in this country or that nannies. deny like or queer nannies. couples from adopting. And it's absurd to me, like children that need help. But um, my dumb thought is when I, when people have kids, there's a part of me is like, well, that is something very foreign to me. Um, it is not in my radar at all. And I try to, I kind of liken it to like nature versus nurture, like bear with me. I'm a queer man. <laughs> I was born this way and I'm wired you know, in this manner, mm-hmm. I wonder if some people are wired to want to have children in the same way that I'm wired not to. Because if they this. say it takes a village to raise you a child, not everyone but, should have a I child. Mean, but let's not forget, we're animals. So you know what I mean? Our sole purpose is uh, the, the, a lizard part of our brain is like, we got to procreate. It's well, like you and I don't. Well, you and I don't have you know that. what? Because you know what, Tony? We're built different. You know what I mean? That's what I'm saying. We're straight up built different. And that we don't Mama have Mama Honey that. Bear, That's, we are. Uh, 100%, you know? <laughs> okay, I have a question, though. Yeah. So you both have previously stated in other podcasts and just in conversations, like, you know, when we've chatted or whatever, that you don't want to have kids. Very, like... Yeah, no, like, different in different terms, but yes, yes, yes. Yeah, like, not, like, in, like, an aggressive, mean way, just, like, in a very, like, matter-of-fact, like, that's where I stand, right? Yeah. Can I like, put an asterisk on it real quick? Mm-hmm. I am a godfather to my beautiful nephew, one of my beautiful nephews. I love my nephews. There are children that I love in my life because they're children of, of people that I love. If and, like I would happily, I'm happy to be an uncle. Yeah, but but I'm not saying you guys hate kids. Like, I'm not saying that that's why you don't. Also, like, I'm not saying that you wouldn't be good fucking parents. I'm not saying any of that. I'm just saying, like, <laughs> I when I was growing up... Well, no, 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 but listen. So, like, when I was growing up, like, I my parents <laughs> laugh at me now because, like, I'm, like, I'm the best with all my niece and nephews, right? Mm-hmm. But then so they'll laugh because like they'll be like, yeah, and you would grow when I was like still like in like college. I was like, I'm not ever having kids ill. No, like I was just like, just no. They're like, you say ill. No, but like you're like rolling on the fucking floor with like, you know, the babies. And I'm like, that's different. I'm like, I give them back. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so that's always like where that's always like kind of like where my brain has been. But I've, you know, I think they're there. It does happen. You get older and certain people do change your mind. And again, I have queer friends that have that have literally had the same opinion as me. They were like, no, no, no. And then like now maybe they're older and they're in a serious relationship They're Maybe they got married or whatever. And they're like, what yeah, is what is it that has changed your mind about it? Um, I don't I don't I really I don't know. Like, I, I honestly don't know what it was. I will say after my like when I was in my most longest relationship that you guys know of when I first uh, moved out here I was like no no but then like and it's, but then like after we broke up I was like a couple years after that I was kind of like 
I mean, yeah, I guess if I found the right person and, you know, then I'm, and then now more like, oh yeah, for sure. Like I want to have babies, but like, then I think about it and I think about my career. So like, it just like, it's one of those things that everybody always says, oh, like there's never a perfect time to have a baby. And I'm like, yes, there is when I decide. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. <laughs> like when I decide to have it, but I don't know. I'm like, I, I, I guess like, I mean, I definitely want to have babies. I don't know where it came from. I have a big family. And I think that that's partially why, because I, I love like the big family. Like I love the craziness. I love like even my boyfriend's big family. You know what I mean? Like, I'm like, yeah, like let's make some Mexicubans. But you know, when we can like afford <laughs> them. <laughs> but so my question is though, for you two, you're both technically single, uh, yeah, I wouldn't Unless say technically. I I am one hundred percent. Like Tony, I, am I don't know, Tony. Tony dictionary. Tony's got a little sultry face, so I don't know. I don't know. He's giving me a little technically weird. Technically, okay. is the right word. All right. Oh well, God. none of you motherfuckers are fucking. <laughs> listen, you're not like fucking living and engaged with someone where you're at True. the point that you're like talking about kids, right? So, mm-hmm. two questions. One, what if put yourself in the scenario? You each have a partner. You have your boyfriend. You guys are living together. You've already been together whatever years. Like, maybe you're not married, but, like, the conversation kind of comes up. And they they really want a child. Yeah. Uh, I mean, again, this is such a hypothetical. I know everything would have to be like, well, who is this person? How long? I mean, I know whatever. But, like, just, like, make it your dream. Like, the person that you want to be with. Like, you're like, mm-hmm. this is, like, the guy to, like, I want to be with forever and ever. Right? Did so we have this conversation before? No, not this part. Okay. No, because I've never. I don't think I've asked you guys like if it because you guys have told me what you thought like, but I haven't put it like we're like okay like what about if it's like because that can happen with a woman too like there's a like lot of women that I know and they at the at yeah. the outset neither yes. person wants a child yeah but then they change in the way that you have yeah like or you're in a relation or you're in a relationship or, with someone and they're like having kids is a fundamental yeah. uh, thing that I that I really want it's a goal that I really want yeah. whether they change your mind or you knew it from the beginning that they mm-hmm. wanted to have kids because mm-hmm. like okay how many times do we date people that we know like they've said this and this and this in the beginning and you're like oh yeah whatever like we're not gonna be that serious and then you fucking you see yourself two years later you're like oh fuck like you're whatever that is like I've right. I've, I've been through certain situations like that not like with kids yeah. but like you know different things but anyway so but i will say to your point like i, I think it is a little bit different in a cishet relationship than mm-hmm. a queer relationship because for sure children it's it's a bit of a landmark isn't it for and, yeah most, and it's expected especially uh, yeah, again marriage the, uh yeah with yeah, the latina family. families any any mm-hmm. like really like like anybody that's like i feel like anybody that's not white like really feels like they have to yeah. Also, I, and I think to to that point, it's because family is such. Yeah. It's it's our religion. It's mm-hmm. our, the way that we socialize. It's fundamentally embedded in our values as yeah. Latinx people. You know. Oh, for sure. So I think that is. I mean, it, literally, what they're asking you is like, do you want to be a part of society or not? You know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If you do, then have children. If you don't, go be a spinster, spinster somewhere else, away for you've been excommunicated. <laughs> literally, mm-hmm. yeah, literally <laughs> that. Okay, um, so then, so then, back to the question though. Mm-hmm. Again, for whatever reason, it could be either scenario. You knew from the beginning, you didn't know things change. You're not like married, mm-hmm. married yet, or yeah, yeah, but of course. like you're, you're like that. You're like this is my fucking person. Yeah, like how would you feel? Like, are do you guys? And again, like this doesn't have to even happen. Like if it happens, yeah, yeah. Something. I mean, <laughs> I'll answer first. Like it yeah. happened. Okay. You know, I've been in a relationship for seven years. So like, obviously that has come up, uh, before, you know, mm-hmm. and you know, I, the person was thinking about children and being like, that could be a possibility. And I just don't, I just like, didn't want kids. I don't, I didn't, I never wanted kids. We had that conversation. It just like felt like that was not something, you know, people, you know, people can change maybe down the line. I might be like, yeah, but I just don't see that being any part of my narrative all uh yeah and then you know we still continued the relationship because children is just a one of the many aspects mm-hmm. that a relationship uh is defined by so yeah I, I yeah that didn't change anything that didn't change the way that i saw this person and that person never changed the way okay. that they saw me so yeah okay all right tony mm-hmm. i would say well let's adopt a dog first Okay. okay yeah okay that's usually what happens that's yeah. good, but like that's a good starter thing too i think that is like a really good thing like when couples do that it's kind of like when 
friends are like, yeah, like we're engaged. And I'm like, you don't live together. Like you haven't even lived together. Mm -hmm. And they're like, no, like we're, but I'm like, and I, I respect the tradition and like, right. if it's because of religious re or whatever, but I'm also like everybody I know that didn't live together and got married. Like, and I know like seven of them, they've all gotten divorced Rise the same. so quick. Yeah. I think we talked about this too, like 21 night, but like, because it was one of those things that I'm like, you have to like, like, and it, I'm saying this because it reminds me of what Tony said with the dog. Like, I think you have to, like, practice. We got to practice, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And, like, okay, so with the practice thing, I also have another question to follow up for you boys. Oh. So what about if you do find this person and you're head over heels, whatever, this is more in the beginning of the, of the relationship because you then find out a little later they actually already have a kid whether it's adopted Ooh. or maybe they had one with a woman Ooh. prior. Maybe they mm -hmm. had a, surrog a surrogate with a previous uh, a partner that, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. How was that? Is that a deal breaker? I guess is my, is my question because you guys already are like, I don't want to have kids again. I know it's not that you hate them, but it's like, is that a deal breaker? Can you see yourself? Cause you will become the mom and dad for this child, whether, whether it came out of you or not, you know? Oscar's Absolutely out. not a deal breaker at okay. all. Absolutely not. Okay. I totally cool. agree. With I saw you yeah, nodding your head kidding. up and down. <laughs> I thought he was going to say no. I thought he was going to say it was no. A deal I'm breaker. kidding. That is That's... an interesting question. I I don't know where I stand with that. You know, it is like I, I would have assumed that a child would be brought up day zero. You know, um, mm -hmm. but if it's something that sprung up on me, uh, obviously but there's I think. Like like you could be talking to someone and they might not tell you immediately. It's like someone like you don't just tell sure, someone you've, but I'm not you've gonna been fall, married. Yeah, or but like, I'm not going to fall know. head over heels over someone that I just talked to one time. Uh, mm. So like, uh, I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, well, you find out after a couple weeks, like you have been dating. <laughs> weeks? No, that's the kind of shit you got to say within within the week. I'm gonna give really? you a seven day window period to tell me you got a child. You mm. know what I mean? I don't know. I just be doing the stalking on the IG, so I will find out if you got <laughs> one. Like, so I have yeah. Like... Also, there are ways to know. Like if I'm on the IG and you don't take picture with your damn child, that says a lot about you as a parent. Like, yeah, it's just pictures of your calves like working yeah. out, like your body, <laughs> and then like, like the kids okay, there's there way the more pictures of your body parts than your child. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's a little sus. I'm a little okay. sus with that. So Oscar's a no on that and tony you said it would not be a deal breaker no it wouldn't be a deal breaker mm, okay. you know i'm a growing human being yeah you know no i wouldn't yeah yeah this is such this is such an interesting conversation because i feel like i've just had this conversation my whole life as a woman because i'm the one that is supposed to have the baby inside mm -hmm. or whatever and i'm also like it's like one of the things too like with my career that has always been like thrown in my face kind of like by different People, family members, friends, men I've been with, like, you know, the, the one I was mentioning earlier that I had been with when I moved out here, whatever. And the, uh, yeah, so I, with him, I was um, like, in the beginning, I was kind of like, yeah, like, I'm down. But then, like, I was like, no, like, my career, like, started, like, picking up a little bit or whatever. And, like, I was like, not yet. Like, not right now. Like, I'm maybe, like, in another, <laughs> I, was, like, I was like, maybe, like, in eight years and, like, that person freaked out. So, like, that sucks because... I just feel like men have such an advantage in this situation, whereas like they don't mm. have to have their body physically in, in, you know, all these things that like pregnant women deal with, you know, and like they don't have to like then, you know, the pressure of like fucking society, especially as an actor, like to like lose that weight immediately so I can go back to auditioning for whatever it is that I was, you know, body type or whatever. You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. like it's so hard and I feel like it's such a harder question for for women like it had like it just is because like yeah in the end of the day like <laughs> we're we're stuck with it like I, let's be yeah. real yeah i think like, biologically speaking like biologically the woman, yes. is, the woman is responsible for that but you know i also have to say it is also a tricky question for like a queer person mm -hmm. that oh, really yeah. struggles specifically that really struggles with adapting or adopting um cis het cult cultural norms mm -hmm, you know mm -hmm. like as a queer person i the concept of marriage is to me is a little silly you know and i'm gonna get a lot of heat i mean i've gotten a lot of heat for that saying that before but like yeah the con concept marriage as an institution is so 
heteronormative to me that I don't really, mm. I don't like that. <laughs> I don't apply to that. Um, also, children, too, is another, like, cishet milestone that, like, I don't really adhere to at all. So, like, it is tricky because, yes, you're talking about a, a life uh, of, a, of a child, but someone, who, someone who's, like, really irks at the idea of, like, living in any sort of, like, cultural binary it's like i'm i'm sort of repulsed at the idea and that sounds incredibly extremist of me but uh yeah it's 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 interesting how like you have that point of view rise up but i'm like on the opposite side of the canyon Mm -hmm. on that belief you know yeah it's interesting should we decide for carlos if he like (laughs) yes he wants kids (laughs) no i know he does right i know Yeah, yeah he does i think he wants i think he's down for at least one yeah, At he definitely won. Yeah, he loves. I think he's. He's yeah. He's yeah. A good, he's a good he's already a dad. It's he's already well, exactly. This is all you need is children. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Yeah. Well, once again, we solved it. We, <laughs> Did we? solved it. Yeah. That's we what we do it. here. Alejandro yeah. put some Mexican babies in me. Oh like, wow! In, a, oh, in, a, in okay. like like a little like a while. Yeah. <laughs> like like okay. a while. Speaking <laughs> of putting things in us, you're um, gonna kill me. <laughs> How about I come and see the break? <laughs> I'm going to go drink caffeine while I can, and I don't have a baby. Oh, my Lord. Oh, she, wow. she is ready. Those You hear that? That's the sound of her eggs dropping. <laughs> yeah, we'll this, right bitch, this bitch that, say, that keeps talking about her working out twice a day so I can be fit. I'm dying to get a big old belly. With a <laughs> like, all right. <laughs> Dale, cabecito. Justin and so good. Thousands of summer deals at your Nordstrom Rack Store. Save up to 60% on new arrivals from Vince, Rag & Bone, Adidas, Joe's, Marc Jacobs, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. But hurry for first dibs. Get your summer favorites up to 60% off at Nordstrom Rack today. Great brands, great prices. That's why you rack. Imagine bold, naturally aged Tillamook cheddar slices melting over a burger Eating handfuls of thick-cut cheddar shreds straight from the bag. Taking a bite out of an irresistibly bold block of extra sharp cheddar cheese. (sighs) We know you want to get back to streaming, but wasn't it nice to daydream about cheese for a bit? Tillamook Cheddar. Extraordinary Dairy. At Amica Insurance... We know it's more than a life policy. It's about the promise and the responsibility that comes with being a new parent. Being there day and night. And building a plan for tomorrow, today. For the ones you'll always look out for, trust Amica Life Insurance. Amica. Empathy is our best policy. Right, slurpity slurp slurp. Everyone, I am so excited for our guest that we have today. I met her a very long time ago, pre-pandemic, with a bunch of other badass Latinas. So you know that she's about to spill some wisdom, all right? She is also a Cuban-American executive producer and co-showrunner for Queen of the South. So let's mm-hmm. give it up for Daylene Rodriguez. Hey! Yay! Hi! Hi. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Hi. Hi. How are you? I'm great. I'm so happy to be here. <laughs> yes. Thank you. You've been very busy. I mean, we're in the one of the wildest times of all of our lives, I think. And I would agree. Yeah, we're living through this wild ass time. And you're you have been show running, producing one of like the biggest, you know, shows out there with bunch of Latinx actors on it as well. You know, very amazing representation. How has that been for you? Like, I want to get right into it. Like, how has it been, you know, being this jefa on set? Like, you're in charge of this, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's (laughs) been life-changing, really. Mm. You know, um, I feel like it's a job I was born to do. (laughs) So I'm excited to finally be doing it. Um, I'm privileged to be working with all these super talented writers and actors and this amazing crew and to be able to try and uplift not only, you know, Latinx representation, but also 
um, African-American representation. And um, it's been it's been a real it's been a highlight of my career for sure. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And and so, Daylin, something that I love to ask, like especially showrunners and look, let's be real. There's just not number one. There's not a lot of females. There's yeah. not a lot of Latinx ones and there's not a lot of Latina ones. They're out there. There's some that we don't know about because I've been surprised. I'm not going to lie. And I love it. But what got you into wanting to do this as a career? You mean writing in general? Yeah. 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 Um, you know, uh, I had a, I was very lucky to have this amazing mentor in high school who was, uh, you know, drama teacher, um, slash she himself was like an aspiring playwright that, um, really, um, showed me some great plays and really, uh, pushed me to, you know, act, all kids act in high school, you know, but he mm -hmm. really actually like pushed me. A lot of writers yeah. acted in high school, you know, the high school plays and stuff. So yeah. Like, yeah. part of that. And then like actually pushed me to try my hand at playwriting. Um, I was like a really weird kid. I had a really strange upbringing. I had a, a lot of sort of like Uh, oddly traumatic things happen sort of in my family early on. And I feel like he saw it as a way to be able to express a lot of this angst, this, um, that some of it was teen ang angst and something, some of it was more than that, you know? And so I started writing and acting in high school and then, um, I fell in love with it. So, uh, I also was like a lot of Latino kids. I grew up watching TV from when I was very little. My mom's like, here's the babysitter and plopped me in front of the television. <laughs> a and, lot of us were raised uh, with yeah, the television. Totally, right totally raised yeah. on TV. And, and for me, a lot of it was like the 80s sitcoms and the reruns of the 70s, mm. you know, all the black shows. Yeah. And luckily a little bit of Que Pasa USA. <gasps> oh, in New York, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, I, I grew up uh. in New York. Yeah. So like watching those shows and just, um, loving them so much and uh i never really knew that was a career until i got older and i was like wait a second people write these things yeah. <laughs> you know mm -hmm. so um <laughs> and then i went to nyu for acting believe it or not and uh transferred to the writing department after a semester and then that's the rest of the story yeah you know oh wow yeah. what was your first job what was your first writing job like ever because i saw you i obviously like I know some of the stuff. There's one that I'm personally very excited about that I have to ask. But what was like the first, first gig ever? Uh, my first uh, paid television writing job was the George Lopez show. Okay, on ABC. that's huge. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I started on in half hour comedy. Um, okay. I got into this um, writing fellowship at Walt Disney. And that's what got me my first job. Because uh, that show was airing on ABC, which is owned by mm -hmm. Walt Disney. So that was like my first job. Uh, and I started in half hours and then sort of moved over to one hour dramedy as a now. Now I'm like, uh, you know, writing shows about drug dealers. Wow. <laughs> Did you go from George Lopez to Ugly Betty? No, I worked on a very short lived sitcom with Freddie Prince Jr. called uh, Freddie. And it's so sad that nobody saw that show because. Oh, my um, God. Freddie was playing Freddie. Puerto Rican guy in Chicago who lived with his Puerto Rican sister, his niece, and his uh, grandmother who only spoke Spanish on the show. Yeah. Wait, oh my wait, God, what? Only wait spoke Spanish on the show and nobody saw the show and she was brilliant and hilarious. I can't remember the name of the actress. Makes me oh. feel terrible. But like all of her entire lines were uh, subtitled. Uh, on the oh show. Are you yeah. kidding me? It was Brian Austin Green from 90210. Oh, my God. It was I 13 episodes. Yeah, no, it was it was kind of groundbreaking and it just never took off and it was a total bummer. I mean, very ahead of its time. That oh, yeah. is so Yeah. He wow. was my, he's like, was like my, we literally, the episode that just came out today, I'm literally like just telling everyone about my love for Freddie Prince Jr. because I was obsessed with him when I was younger. Like, that was yeah. my crush. Both of us, we just, like, cast our ideal, like, romantic yeah. lead. I'm like, Freddie Prince Jr. 90s Freddie Prince Jr. Present day. I'll take 90s. Okay, we can share. Yeah. Did you have a... Uh, a hand in developing that because you mentioned Que Pasa USA early. Oh, it was just like, no, a no. I mean, I, I, 
I've been like a worker bee staff writer pretty much my my whole career. Uh, the, uh, uh, oddly enough, though, the George Lopez show, I I was on sort of the inception of that because before they even shot the pilot, they had like uh, a room that started to sort of do punch up jokes mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. on the show before we shot the pilot. So I actually saw the pilot being shot. So I was the first time I saw that whole process. Mm-hmm. Um, and the first season of George Lopez, very few people know this was only four episodes. So oh. it's like they put four episodes to see how it would do, and it did really well. And then they picked it up for a full season the Ooh, next year. Wow. Yeah. TVs just keeps changing. <laughs> yeah. It's so mm-hmm. funny, like when we interview people, because everybody always has like such an interesting, different story for certain shows. And I'm like, yeah, like it changes so much. 100%. So yeah. much. Now, as a writer, were you. Did you look around the writer's room and were there other Latinx voices in that room with you? Because like at the very beginning, you worked on a lot of Latinx focused shows. So the assumption is like, oh, a Latinx show. There's a lot of Latinx uh, uh, visibility in the behind the scene aspects. But I've come to realize that that's not always the case. Did you feel very much like, oh, there's a comunidad here in the writer's room? Or were you like, oh, wow. I still feel like I'm the only one here. No, no había comunidad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It was me, Luisa Lachin, who's Latina, and George, who would be in and out of the room because he was an actor on the show. Yeah. And that was it. And oh, every, wow. and then second season, there was um there was me, Luisa, and uh another writer, another Latina writer, Mexican writer, Mexican American, yeah. Chicano writer. Um, Michelle, and I'm unfortunately, I, I feel bad. I can't remember her name. She was, um, uh, a, a comedy. She was kind of a Mexican David Sedaris. She wrote like essays. <gasps> <What>? on <herself. laughs> yeah. Stop. And she actually passed away a few years ago. I feel terrible, oh, but she was like a really great, um, uh, I can't remember for the life of me, her last name, feel, feel terrible about it, but she was really cool. She wrote these great essays. Um, very funny girl. Uh, oh, woman, wow. excuse me. And so that was it. And then uh, I left George Lopez and on Freddie, it was just me. Oh, wow. That is wow. so wild. So wild. What? So wild. Oh, that was also ABC? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And then on Ugly Betty, it was me and Silvio, the creator. Yeah. yeah. And we had a fellow that came from the Walt Disney program that was on the show. Uh, as well, briefly. Uh, and that was it. Yeah. Yeah. So so while we're on this subject, it's actually something I I'm I am interested in, especially, you know, like you are one of, like I said, like one of the only like female Latina showrunners out there that you're also you're not just doing your job and being like, OK, bye. This is my job. I'm already made it. You are a really big advocate for the BIPOC talent and writers and the entertainment industry. Um, You know, I see you tweeting and posting a lot and sharing as much as you can and engaging with people, which is so amazing because a lot of us like we we never had that. Like it's I feel like it's just something really recent, especially because of social media's like blow up in the past couple of years. Um, What is something that you think we are lacking in regards to helping like our Latinx community, you know, um, I guess like mentor wise or like, you know, because I think there's a lot of people out there that they still don't know, like how to get in a room. And then when they get that opportunity to even get close, they're like, well, you know what? They need somebody with more stuff on their resume. And it's like it's always something else. So I want to know, like, what is your perspective on all of this? I think some of these diversity programs help to an extent. But after that, I feel like there's, I think, first of all, I think people that are in positions of power, uh, Latinx showrunners, it, it, it does fall on our shoulders a little bit to mentor and reach out and try and read as many, um, you know, Latinx writers as we can. I did I did quite a bit during the, um, the agency campaign with the WGA when we basically fired all our agents and there was a lot mm. of stuff on social media about like... Yeah. Uh, you know, read a writer. So I was trying very much to to read and get feedback and 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 stuff like that. I think it's important on our side to do that. Um, I think other than that, I mean, I think that if you want to be a writer in this, in this industry and it doesn't matter if you're Latino or whatever, you got to do the work. So it's like, keep writing, keep hitting the pavement. I mean, that's the most important is to have the material, you know. Um, that's my biggest piece of advice is to keep writing and not give up. I mean, yeah. 
you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's true. That's true. I know it's hard because it's like it's I, you are right. You did make such a really good comment of like, it does feel like it just falls on top of just a couple of you because there's again, not that many. So we see you guys and you know, we we we're like, you know, other people are definitely just like trying to follow like your leads, which is really cool. Because again, like we didn't really have that like to look at like 10 years ago, maybe. No, it's it's like changing that. in that respect. I mean, there's like today there was an announcement that Gordita Chronicles got picked up, yes, which is really exciting. And now yeah. here we have two future, now we have uh, two future showrunners there. You know what I mean? It's, it's yes. things, things are changing. It's just that it's, it's a, a slow trickle. And, but, but I think it's like about, it's all of us supporting each other. It's mid-level writers and lower level. It's like everybody just trying to give everybody a shout out constantly in social media. And I mean, I'm part of a thread of, of uh, Latina writers that are always like, Hey, do you guys know this? Or do you know that? And I'm part of this like Latina brunch group. We're always like, Hey, we need this. We need that. And we're always just trying to like help each other out. And I, I mean, I think it's all about that. It's just trying to uplift each other and trying to recommend people for jobs. And all of that is going on behind the scenes. It is happening. It's just mm-hmm. that it's, it, the jobs have to be there and the opportunities have to be there. And some of that has an absolutely, we don't have control over that at all. Oh, so, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. <laughs> no, for sure. <laughs> Speaking of lifting other uh, Latinx writers up, I have a confession to make. Yes. To you. Uh, I am a good friend of someone who works on Queen of the South, Otro Cubanito, Tomas Cubanito. Yes, my my beautiful assistant that I love very much. He is a beautiful <laughs> assistant. I love him very much, too. Um, he's also smart. I don't want to objectify him. He's also really smart and talented. <laughs> Wait, but, all also, but also, like, where's the pic, Tony? Like, how did you not oh, send, like, oh, I'll <laughs> show you pics. Uh, he's also, I mean, also, he's Cuban, so it's kind of redundant, you know? Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. I get it. Pack. I get like, it. You know. <laughs> uh, but he he's always... He's told me things about what it's like to work with you. And it says that you're very supportive, hardworking, and that you truly, like everything you were just saying, I feel like I've heard it. from. It's true. Like you really uplift and help others. Let's say they're further down the ladder, we'll say. And that's super commendable. And not only behind the scenes, but I think you're very vocal on social media because it, it I mean... It has its problems, but we need to use it and it helps us get it helps us get where we further yeah. our careers, frankly. People book stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, I mean I yeah. have to tell you, it's like it it's um you know, you go you get you go through a period in this uh in this industry that you're so scared of speaking, you don't wanna get blacklisted, you don't wanna rock the boat, you don't wanna mm. do things that piss people off, you don't you know, and then it's like if you once you get any little tiny bit of power because I'm not I'm shit I'm nobody right but like I have like a tiny little following I know some people know my my work right so if I don't take that and try and amplify other people that I'm wasting all of that wow. you know it's it's just like what am I going to do sit around and just like pat myself on the back uh-huh. <laughs> you know it's like but some people do yeah. yeah that's that's the thing like i mean it's and like also you are not shit you are literally like you're doing something that is so empowering to so many of us and like again like you you know like i said like i've seen you on panels and i've met you and you know i, I like the latinas who brunch and stuff like that and you know it's it's always really nice to to know that there are people that are still they're out there and they're doing the work, you know, like I said. And so about speaking of the work, I want yes. to talk about the final season of Queen of the South. Yeah, I am a, I am a fan. Love the show. I, you, I watched it. You will it. get no spoilers for me. <laughs> okay, oh, fine. Fine. No. Fine. <laughs> fine. Well, next question. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, how how um again, how has it been this last season? Like it's it's Yes, we are filming. And, you know, I asked you about the pandemic filming, but, you know, it's it is emotional when you're finishing like this. It's like your baby like that you've been working on. And and it's nice that you guys get a finale where you can end it, because a lot of shows also don't get that. Like they just get ended and that's it. <laughs> like they don't get picked up again. And that's all they yeah. find out. <laughs> we were really lucky to find out that the show is ending because we kind of had a feeling that that was going to be the case at the beginning of breaking the season. So we worked towards an ending. I have to be honest with you. I've cried in the season finale, like 
I think I've watched it like 10 times and I cry mm. every single time I watch it. Oh my God. Oh. It's so satisfying <laughs> and I'm so happy with it. I think it's, I think it's really terrific. Uh, I'm really proud of the season. Um, it's, it was a challenge to be able to tell the story in 10 episodes Um, And I think that we did the best that we could with that. And we did the best that we could in the circumstances that we had, which was shooting during a pandemic. A lot of the COVID protocols we had to deal with, um, you know, losing, we we lost an actor literally like five days before because their show that 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 actor was on, there was a COVID problem and a winter storm and all this stuff. Mm -hmm. So we had to do a rewrite with that character gone and add a new character and make up a story as to why that person's in and stuff like that. So it was just like, there were those little moments, but that was nothing. I mean, uh, we had such an amazing team of actors that just like said, how do, how do we, how can we make this easier? How can we do this? Let's all pull together and, and make the best season that we can. And I'm really proud of it. And I'm really, I'm so lucky to have been able to finish the season the, the way I wanted to. And, um, I couldn't have asked for more than that. So I'm really happy about that. Oh, I love that. <laughs> that is so nice. Like you said that you guys got to, fi- I'm like, cause again, like sometimes the che- TVs, they be changing and they don't tell you. And then it's like, what do you mean? This is a cliffhanger. Did I mean, I, I, I literally <laughs> worked on a show. I worked on a show where we shot the lead of the show at the end of the season. He had just bought his fiance, her dream house. And he gets shot in the house on his way to the wedding, their wedding. And oh. they, the show didn't get picked up. No. It's like Moesha. I always, I'm like, Moesha, you didn't give me a finale. How are you just going to leave me hanging? You do quote Moesha a lot. I, or, I yeah, do. I talk about Moesha too yeah. much. But because like, to be fair, like what you said, like I was watching mostly black shows because that's, those are the shows that like I felt I could relate to at that time when I was younger because there really, there weren't any um, in in English, there weren't many Latinas or even Latinos on TV, and if they were, I, it probably was a show that like I was too little to be watching. Right? Was, like you yeah. know, yeah, but <laughs> definitely. Yeah, I think also to add on to that, it's like the socioeconomic status was similar for, for me growing up. One of my favorite shows was What's Happening. Yep, and Good Times. Yeah, and me too. Yeah. I grew up in it New York. was like that was like the yeah. shows that I connected with because it was like okay. These are families that are POC, but also they live like, like I do currently. Yeah, you know? I mean, I lived in New York City, so I was I was growing up in Washington Heights. Um, you know, watch living in like a a, a walk up pre war walk up. You know what I mean? In a small apartment with my sister and my mom, and so like I watched those shows, and I was like, oh yeah, do you know what I mean? Or like I. I was so excited when I used to watch the reruns of Welcome, Welcome Back, Cotter because there yes. was one. There has never been another Juan Epstein. Where are, where are my Puerto Rican Jews? Right. Uh, <laughs> right? And there is. There's, there's a number of them. Yeah. I know, but they're like, it's amazing that that character existed. And at has that time. never At that time, right? Yeah. It's mm-hmm. unbelievable. So, like, well, I used to watch those shows because it felt like, oh, this is how I, I grew up. You know, I was like a, a latchkey kid. I was like a kid that played on the street, you yeah. know? So, um I totally understand what you're saying. There was a socioeconomic aspect of it all. But, right. And to uh, add on to that, like the magic of Ugly Betty, too, was watching, seeing that sort of family dynamic too. Rep- like the fa- same family dynamic I had on that show. You know, it was like really just, uh, you know, it's like when you write, you write from your own experiences. True. I mean, let's be real. I, I, at least for me, it's like I write about my experiences and you put it out there not expecting people to connect with your work hoping but also not totally expecting and then when people latch onto it that's when the magic happens and you're like oh wow like my individual experiences are connected through a whole like you like a racial and socioeconomic divide like i can see that reflected in myself and so shows like ugly betty to me were so big number one because we had a female lead that was Latinx and let's be real looks like me (laughs) you know what I mean (laughs) right Uh, and seeing her truly glow up on the show was like oh my gosh this is like the Latinx reality and the Latinx fantasy yeah Mm. 
Yeah. Come literally packaged in one thing. That's why, I mean, honestly, <laughs> that's revolutionary. That's I think political. I think that uh I think Silvio Orta wrote a magical pilot and wrote a magical show. I'm so blessed to have even just worked on one season of that show because I just thought it was something special. I I also think that it was a really universal, you know, child of an immigrant story, which that's mm -hmm. me. I mean, my parents were immigrants. I was the first, uh, first child of theirs born in the United States. So like uh, watching, and I was an awkward, weird kid. So ugly, uh, ugly Betty for me was like, yes, I understand this. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So oh, I, yes. <laughs> and, and I feel like that show, um, there was a universality to it that I, that I think um, really just struck a chord with a lot of people. It was a special show for sure. Yeah. Yeah. But you also did. Now, let's flip this. You then wrote on 90210. I did. Which is like. So wow. very different from a lot of these other shows. Yeah. How how is that experience? Because I mean, 90210 is again another like iconic show that we all know, like you just everybody at least saw everybody. Like, knows. Everybody at least saw a couple episodes. Even like your like boyfriend or whatever, yeah. that like your straight cis white boyfriend or whatever, like he watched a couple episodes. You know, he was watching Kelly and them. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I I when I moved, uh, so a little bit about me, I moved to New Jersey when I was nine. I commuted for a whole year back and forth to the Heights to finish fifth grade. Where but in then, Jersey? Uh, I, I'm around Jersey. So like uh, we moved to Cliffside Park, then Fort Lee, and then ended up in Teaneck. And now my mom lives in North Bergen. Okay. So um, right near like Havana on the Hudson, you know, West New York <laughs> and Union City. That's where all the Cubans are over here. Yeah. And um, yeah. my... Uh, <laughs> And I ended up going to private school in New Jersey. So with a lot of really rich kids. <laughs> so I had, uh, I, I, knew, I, <laughs> I knew where, where these kids were coming from. And uh, I was always the outsider looking at them. So to me, it wasn't that crazy to write 90210. The only difference <laughs> is that they were in Beverly Hills versus Inglewood, New Jersey. Um, so uh, it was it was an interesting experience. I also very much wanted to get on that show because, like you guys pointed out, I wrote on a lot of uh, you know Latino shows. My first like uh, five credits are Latino shows because the one you didn't mention after Ugly Betty was a show called Kane, which nobody yeah. saw, which was a, a Cuban soap opera set in West Palm Beach. Oh, um, I've never cannot. heard of this. Tony, Take yeah, this. Are you Tony? With Tony. We need to watch it together. It's absolutely <laughs> yeah. great. It's about it's Jimmy Smith, Rita Moreno, Hector oh, Rizondo. Oh Wait, stop it! This is like it, a fever dream. Are yeah, you kidding it's a me? Fever, it's a fever dream, and you should try and find it because it's so sad. It, it it's okay. It was called Cane por la Caña de Azúcar. Ah, okay, uh, and then it was set in West Palm Beach, and basically it was like a loose takeoff of the Bacardi family. So <gasps> they were this rich family in West Palm Beach. Uh, well, Nestor Carbonell was in it. Oh, and it was I like, love him. Yeah, yo, yeah, it's like a, it was. Pero estaba, was estaba it? buenísimo. Okay, show, but estaba the buenísimo, pedigree, though. Pero oh era, era más o menos una telenovela, pero. But it was like, but it was so great because I, I was finally writing like a Cuban family, and I was like, yeah. oh shit, this is like, get, I know this, I know this, <laughs> um, and uh, we were, uh, we were a sort of casualty of the writer's strike. Oh. And yeah, it, and also uh. it was the year that a, uh, CBS was trying to go against their procedural um, uh, sort of schedule yeah. and all of their soaps just didn't make it because it's yeah. like that's not what pe why people tune in to watch CBS. So it just was kind <laughs> of ahead of its time. And Nina Tassler, who's Puerto Rican, was running the network at the time and she really was championing it and it just didn't happen. But, uh, but to go back to 90210, I had just, even though Kane was like, Per, kind of perfect for me writing wise I feel like I was being tokenized by my representation so mm -hmm. um I uh, I fired my representation and then when I went on to new representation I literally said I said this is gonna sound crazy but I need you to put me on the whitest show on television there you oh go my God. I, I just you need go. you to do this for me because like I'm getting stuck here and it's it, it and sometimes I'm not even the right voice. Like I wasn't really quite the right voice for George Lopez. And do you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. I, I, without I, a doubt, yeah. You know, so I, I, 
And that's how I ended up on 90210, which I think was a really good career move in that respect. And then, you know, because I was so traumatized by that shit, it took me so long to finally sit back and be like, hmm, now it's time. Now I'm a co-executive producer on a show. It's Mm -hmm. time for me to start writing about Mm -hmm. my community and about the Latinx community. It's time for me to go back because those voices are needed. But, you know, it's not like I ever stopped writing with Latino characters in mind. It's just that I I don't think I was writing um, Latino stories in my samples. I was writing like a character in a story that was Latino, which I think is great. And I think that we we all need to get there in this business where that that is uh, the norm. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. but I feel like because of the tokenization, I was I just sort of stepped away from it for a while. And that's I'm, so important because yeah. not a lot of people talk about the feeling of tokenization in the in in the business, you know. And I think that's important that you went back on your own terms. It's all about your own terms of creating the kind of art that you want to. That's right. Yeah. And you took a risk. You literally just you like you fired your reps and like that ballsy as fuck because like you know what i mean like there's people that are like so thirsty to have a rep even with or without credits you know and that's like that was a ballsy about knowing your worth i think exactly like you definitely knew your worth yeah yeah i mean if you come off of a this is my advice if you ever come off of a golden globe winning show well the golden globes right now are let's not talk about the yeah Yeah, but but you come off of a show that i know pow pow you know you come off of a show like that and um but it was like critically acclaimed and a huge hit and your agent only gets you two meetings no No. my advice for you is to look for new representation that's when i was like something's wrong here this doesn't seem right (laughs) yeah 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 mira delin we have asked you so many questions about the business because number one you have hella experience and it's so like i know so many people are gonna listen to this and be like oh my god like that's crazy to even hear no but i also want to ask delin like what have you been doing to ease your stress to just make yourself happy to have a day for delin que no tiene nada que ver con el negocio con estar on set like none of that I just got back from Miami and like yo estaba en mi computadora trabajando and everybody's like bro and it was all of us all the like all, my niece my niece were all of us on our computers my everybody and I was like oh my god bro we are so no, wow. I'm, I'm, I'm here visiting. Right I'm here visiting my mom, and all I hear is her on the phone. He said, "Pero Daylin, todo lo que hace trabajar." And then we get in trouble. Mira, mira. Hey, oye, necesitas un break. Yeah. Encuentra tu novio or tu novia, whatever. But yeah. then it's like, tiene que trabajar. Are you eating? Are you? And, and, yeah. They're never happy. No, man, you know, but you do not work and make exactly. the best of yourself. Yeah. No, no. Look, I take care of myself. I work out a lot. I yeah. got my husband a Peloton during the pandemic. Oh, I get oh, on that oh, shit right. and work out. And like, I, I, I like, I'm. I enjoy I I enjoy my wine and I like dinner parties. I relax. I actually have a really health healthy work life um, p- um you know balance. I very much uh when I'm writing writing, I am at, on a schedule and then I make sure that I finish at a certain time so I can enjoy my evening and spend time with my husband and my dog. So like but you know, I'm always like what's yeah. next? What's corre, next? Corre, what's next? Corre, corre, corre. Corre. Yeah, I swear. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. yeah, it's it's hard not to. I get in I get in trouble for that. But then it's like I'm also like that's what makes me happy. Like yeah, not having yeah. like the slowdown in the beginning of the pandemic. I was like, bro, what am I gonna do? What do you mean I can't like go in places and I don't have to drive <laughs> totally. here and then there and then there and I don't have time to eat lunch? Oh, yeah. I do now. Oh, that's weird. I don't know what to eat. Like <laughs> my rep said to me every time because I after um I I developed a pilot that didn't go this season, uh, the Wonder Girl pilot. Um and I really was destroyed by that. I went into like a depression <laughs> about that one. And uh, I said to my agent, I think I need to take a step back a little bit. And he's like, yeah. And then in two weeks, you're going to call me and you're going to be like, what's next? What's next? What's going on? Yeah. And speaking of, before we go, what is next for Daylene? Is there anything that we can, yeah. can, can talk about that's going to be popping off or... Uh, you know, I'm trying to develop a couple things. They're both in the in uh, the Latinx world, uh, and uh, but not. It's just 
right now getting the pitches together and trying to go out and see if I can sell them. And so that's what I'm doing right now. So we love it. We love it. We're so excited to see all the stuff that you will be just freaking bringing out in these, I want to say out in these streets, but you know what I mean? I hope so. I hope (laughs) so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Dale pues. Um, so can you tell all our fans where they can follow you? Um, any socials and Twitter, Instagram? Yeah, I am uh at Daylin Rod, D-A-I-L-Y-N-R-O-D, both on Twitter and Instagram. Awesome. And yep. we'll make sure to tag you as well when we post this episode. <laughs> and everyone, just make sure you follow us also uh on IG at Spanish Aki Presents on IG. And on Twitter, we are Spanish Aki. And you can follow me at Raisa Licea on Instagram and Twitter. And you can follow Carlos at, of course, it's Carlos on Instagram. And follow me at Ozimo on Instagram and Twitter. You can follow me at CaneWeBringBackCane.com. <laughs> yeah. Cane, we bring back. <laughs> Start that one. Just <laughs> kidding. kidding. I'm at Thomas Valls, future ex-boyfriend. Oh, my um, Lord. Another one. Tony. He has oh, two. Oh, wait. A two just kidding. for no, one. This just, I'm at the Tony Rodrigo on IG and Twitter. Uh, Daylene, thank you so much. You're so inspiring, and it was great to talk to you. You're very welcome. I love you all. Thank you so much Aww. for having me. Aww. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so thank much. Thank you. We love you. <laughs> Spanish Aki Presents is an Earwolf production executive produced by me, Raisa, Tony, Carlos, and Oscar. It's engineered by Jordan Duffy and produced by Anita Flores. You can follow us on social media on Instagram at Spanish Aki Presents and Spanish Aki on Twitter. Find our latest merch at potswag.com and especially look out for the Spanish Aki Presents enamel pin set featuring all of our beautiful faces. Yeah, and help us get the word out by telling a friend about the show today. Make sure to rate and review Spanish Aki Presents and follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen. Want more Spanish Aki Presents? Find our full archive and ad-free episodes on Stitcher Premium. Use promo code SAP for a one-month free trial at stitcher.com slash premium. Justin and so good. Thousands of summer deals at your Nordstrom Rack store. Save up to 60% on new arrivals from Vince, Rag and Bone, Adidas, Joe's, Marc Jacobs, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. But hurry for first dibs. Get your summer favorites up to 60% off at Nordstrom Rack today. Great brands, great prices. That's why you rack.